Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. I might have you out husky-voiced here today. Yeah, you do, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we're both, we're both, the, the bass might be a, a little low in the speakers for anybody listening to the podcast this week. Might have to, I don't know, just the audio, t- tinker somehow. with it a little bit. Yeah. So obviously, uh, the reason the voice is low is because your boy Greek, uh, put in about as good an effort as he can put in for a Friday, Saturday. Uh, cause I went down to Indianapolis, was at the game, obviously, uh, which meant, which, uh, made for a four hour drive to Rockford, quick pause, and then a five-hour drive from Rock Rockford to home. To you made it to Rockford in four hours? Uh, Indianapolis to Rockford is four hours. And then Rockford to to home is five. Okay. Oh, yeah. So okay. I total. see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so first off, I'm just going to do this real quick, but um, I want to talk about how awesome it was down there very quickly, synapse it as much as yeah. possible for anybody that's not – gone shout out to anybody everybody was in my crew zed man the carthaginian and i sat together at the game galley slicker the pd brothers the waggle brothers my old buddy lance came to the place we were at his brother lucas was there darren the american and barney were there in spirit they couldn't make okay the game. okay so um it just wound up being a great day so like Friday night. Before, before you get to the game, what is the scene like outside Lucas Oil? There you go. That's exactly what I was okay. going to try to get to. So uh, there's a tons of different ways to to do it, you know. But um, the, the way we – the hotels are one of the biggest challenges in the whole deal. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, uh, Barney, uh, cousin was able to get us hotels about eight miles east of downtown, okay. which was fine. We got, so it was just one of those deals where like, uh, the Zed man and I put a plan together. Like we're going to leave at, you know, six 30 in the morning. You lose an hour driving sure. into Indianapolis. Yep. We're like, our goal is to try to be belly up by noon. We were, we accomplished that by about 12, 15. Okay. So we were right on it. Um, and then shout out to the Waggle Brothers. I mean, obviously, there's people you don't know, but they're a part of our tailgate group in Iowa City. Okay, they opened up the bar at ten o'clock. They 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 were one of the first people that walked in. Okay, they found a gigantic round table okay. right next to the bar at a place called Kilroy's. Okay, um, and it was funny because uh, DS, you know, Kilroy's, Kilroy's, uh, our guy DS, you know, he's an Indianapolis connoisseur. I think he used to live there. Yeah, he's from Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, you can go to Kilroy's. It's kind of like a, you know, college bar type well, yeah, of thing. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a Kilroy's in Bloomington. Okay, so is it like a college Yeah, it's like bar? the big college, bar, like the big popular college bar. Okay, uh, the one I've I've always heard of is Brothers. Yeah. There's a Brothers in Iowa City. I think there was a Brothers in uh, in Dinkytown at one point. I don't know if it's still there. I think there's a Brothers. It's Brothers in- on Saturday night. They always used to say that. But anyways, yeah. it, and it was it was. But to ball sack in that place, okay. man. I mean, it was packed. Uh, and, like, I kept saying to, you know, dudes that I'm sitting with, I'm like, it must be a special occasion because I, I typically avoid, you know, packed, having to elbow people yeah. to get a beer, elbow people to go to the pisser. Uh, but that's kind of my whole point is, like, everybody is having a collective experience when you're in town for a big event like that. You could feel 
the energy, you know, just like just being at the bar and being yeah. outside downtown Indianapolis walking around. It's just an incredible shared experience. Now, is, is Lucas Oil right downtown, though? Lucas Oil is right off of downtown. Okay. The, so Kilroy is a straight downtown. So must I don't be a know ton, the, is there a ton of choices to go tons to? Tons of okay. choices. Um, and, of course, like I, I had been DMing with some of listeners, you know, that wanted to meet. I'm always game for that. Uh, but I, I realized there's two things. I lacked experience of how that goes. And then you, you lack foresight of, you know, once the drinks get flowing, it's just tougher to move and yeah. make decisions. Right. <laughs> it's just, everything gets harder. So when you had seven hours of solid drinking time before the game, we literally sat at that same spot from 12, 15 PM until seven fifteen PM. Oh it was seven straight hours. I, so my drink of choice, uh, like like my buddy and you I, you got to go with the light beer in that so, situation, so right? So I went with Guinness. That's I, I, a good call. Okay, oh, thank you. Yeah. I was honestly it, what, no, it's a lighter beer. It's lower in calories. It's, it's not as it's not as carbonated too. It's lower in carbonation. Yeah, it's that's a great. It's a smooth, easy drinking beer. Yes, thank absolutely. you, absolutely. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, and it's lower in alcohol. It's it not is. it's not super high in alcohol. Exactly. Either. So like, but you know, for the most part. You just need something in your hand because yeah. you're kind of nervous and anxious, and you're so excited to be there. So it was, it was perfect for me. We 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 eventually switched to to bourbon at some point. The one thing that I was going to be really pissy pants about was like, ah, I'm going to have to be drinking beer out of a plastic cup. I hate that. Yeah, glass, nice, entire time. Okay, um, that is annoying though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But but I mean, annoying for the bar to have to watch all those glasses too. Like that place was was packed. Uh, also, shout out to my cousin Lane. He was there as well. Um, and then um, uh, the the food there was excellent. Really? Absolutely okay. amazing. Um, but, like, getting people into the bar in any one of these bars, I mean, you're talking sometimes like a 45-minute wait to oh. get into these bars. So, and then uh, the PD brothers, hilarious, they found a hookup. <laughs> there was a dude that was taking cash payments to let people in the back of the park. Really? <laughs> we just kept doing the same thing to get to get guys into the into the bar. Uh, but it was a blast. I mean, you start watching the the noon games, you yeah. know, um, and then the uh, four o'clock games or whatever. I completely lost all track of time, <laughs> track of time because I was like, it got to be like six twenty, six thirty, and everybody's just chilling out, and I'm like, guys, we gotta we gotta get going here. How right. come we're not moving? They're like. What do you mean? Like we got you know an hour and a half. Oh, because it was eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, yeah, eight o'clock start know. time Eastern. Okay, um, right. So then, uh, and then one of the jokes we made was like, um, "Oh man, it's it's going to be Sunday by the time this game is over with Fox doing the game because they make it you know last so freaking long." Which if we didn't hit midnight local when we got out of there, it had to have been real close. Um, and then, so you know, then the you know the the. The spirits of the day, you know, are at its highest when you walk out of the place to the and then it's just like I would love to see an aerial photo of all the bars and restaurants emptying and just yeah. people, you know, going into Lucas Oil. So Stadium. then okay, obviously a lot of Iowa fans that you were around. Yeah. A lot of Michigan fans oh, talk to Michigan fans. I would say I would say a healthy sixty forty Michigan to Iowa okay. with Michigan, maybe even sixty five thirty five. I would okay. I'd be willing to go that high. Uh, we were kind of more in the Michigan section as it turned out, like the the uh, side of the stadium 
completely opposite of us was more Hawkeye. Uh, I mean, we had gotcha. no idea on how that went. Uh, but they have like the big B1G sign out in front of the stadium that people were taking taking pictures. So nice. The Carthaginian Zed man and I got a picture in front of that. And then you and then I was nervous for the tickets. Um, bought them through you know third party website or whatever. That's yeah, sketchy. But have you gone to like uh, I don't know if the Packers have this. I know the Vikings do, but it's like. They're like digital tickets where they've got like oh, yeah. a scanner thing that moves all the time. You can't just screenshot a barcode. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I didn't look at our Packers ones this year because so the Packers went electric for the first time this year. Okay. You know, 100% electronic tickets this year. I didn't look at them because I yeah. didn't have them on my phone. So I don't know. I had no idea how it worked out. Uh, Danimal, actually, for a Vikings game, he had um, um, explained it to me, and that's how it's these work. It's basically so, dynamic. It's, it's, it's dynamic. And then, like, that's and crazy. then you're nervous because you're trying to pull this up when there's 70,000 yeah. people in one spot. So I was nervous. Can you get about a signal? It. And, and yeah. I did. We got in. It was fine. So Boy, that, was that is risky. Isn't Absolutely. It? I don't know how else you're supposed to do it, too, because you have to pull it up. Yeah, what like, if your phone's not I, working? I, I, dude, I was. I kept turning my phone off all day long to make sure I yeah. was like 100% make sure I had, I had a charger that I was carrying around yeah. with me just in case. Um, but then like walking in to the stadium, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, I, the, the cheer for Iowa is let's go Hawks. Yeah. A cheer for Michigan, which I did not know, was "Let's Go Blue." Yeah. So there was a "Let's Go Blue, Let's Go Hawks" fight that was happening, you know, in the bar. Yeah. But going into the stadium, people are. But generally, were the Michigan fans, you know, good, good, easy yes. to get along with, fun. I, I mean, there's good nature. There, there was somebody that made a joke like, you can tell if a Michigan fan is from Ann Arbor and if a Michigan fan is from Detroit. Uh-huh. And I think there is like a line. Okay, of gotcha. Um, there was one. There was one funny story about. I mean. We're in the bathroom at the bar, and this Michigan fan is trying to sing like the fight song word for word, you know, and it's like, Hail the Victors. Yeah. And, and and nobody was, no dude was singing the fight song no. when, you know, with their with their little herky or little uh, Wolverine hanging right. out during the time. So, like, it was like so funny. Uh, but the, the, we had a Wolverine on both sides of the three of us at the game. The guy sitting right to the right. Uh, uh, sitting right next to the Carthaginian, great dude. Just we were just yeah. talking football, and you know the whole game. So he, I, I don't know, like I, I never had a negative experience with any okay. Michigan fans. That's good to hear. Any good to hear. Um, um, and then, uh, but anyways, just like walking into the state, the the feel of sitting down at your seats, and it's just got a big game atmosphere and feel to it. Um, there was a uh, there was a one Michigan fan I was talking to. And he he was like so annoyed because there were a decent amount of, of Buckeye fans that were there, still wearing really. Oh yeah, they were no wearing, kidding. I, I mean, obviously, ninety two percent of the people there were either Michigan or Iowa fans, but of that eight percent, like ninety percent of that eight percent left over were, were were Buckeye fans. No kidding, were, wearing Buckeye stuff from head to toe. Interesting. Yeah, they were still being proud. And then a couple other fans sprinkled about, and there was a Michigan fan. He's like, I, you know, and part of it is obviously the rivalry, so it ticks him off. He's like, I would never come to this game, you know, blah blah blah, if it wasn't my team, yada yada. And I kind of agreed with him, but then once I got into the game, I'm like, no, I would come to this game yeah. as a just as a fan, like. You know, um, obviously we live here in Minnesota and, and you know, I, mean, I think my, you got to give the Ohio State fans credit a little bit. That's what I kind of now there was a lot of talk of Buckeye fans <laughs> holding tickets in hotel rooms just to screw with Michigan. Yeah, people. I heard some of that. Yeah. And like, if that's true, we were debating, like, is is that petty and awful 
or is it like hilarious because that's how bad rivalries are? I think and it, the answer it is adds both. to the rivalry. I, <laughs> so it's the answer. Is yeah, both, I guess I probably both. Yeah, but it does add to it. I like it. Um, but what I was gonna say is like you know, obviously we live here in Minnesota, uh, so a ton of our friends here locally are Gopher fans. Um, I want Iowa to go to the Big Ten Championship every year, but like you know, somebody's gonna go from the West, not named you know Iowa, often. If if it was Minnesota to see like Danimal and my buddy Ryan and Brian, like I would go to watch them experience sure. oh, that yeah. game. It would be a blast to then just be there as a neutral opponent. I would for sure gamble on somebody in that game to make it more worth more worthwhile even more. But you know what I mean, like just oh, yeah. the, the spectacle. Like I mean, this is a Big Ten football podcast. This is the best advertising I'm trying to do for the conference to a certain degree for Indianapolis. Like, and I'm mostly going by like. Uh, the service inside the stadium and then at that bar at Cures, those bartenders were killing it, man. Nice. They were doing everything they could to keep people moving and stuff. I thought, I just thought they did a good job. Um, and then lastly, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Have you been there? Never been. Uh-uh. Awesome. Like that stadium is I mean, I've seen awesome. it from the highway and it's gargantuan. Yes. And it's gargantuan on the inside yeah. too. Like, and we had... But it wasn't too cavernous. It wasn't like... You know, like sterile and no, I okay. I good thought like with then? the way they do the layers. There's like a a couple different layers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we weren't in the nosebleed section, but our, our noses were a little dry. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and I mean, which kind of we were joking, which we called the offensive coordinator, because uh, we were like I don't I fifteen yard line okay. diagonally looking down, and you I mean you can see everything. I mean you see every play develop, and you could kind of get you had a good you know, gauge of how many yards they were getting yeah. to. So we, lo- we, we thought our seats were, were, were pretty dang good. Nice. Um, and then our feet were on the railing at the front row of the section we were in. So you get, you know, we didn't oh, okay. that, so it's just nice. Um, but like, I don't know if there's a bad seat in that whole stadium. Maybe when you get way to the top, I don't know, but um, Lucas Oil Stadium does it well too, you know, like yeah, I mean, it I've, was... I've always heard nothing but good things about any event in Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, if Illinois made it there, man, I'd go with you in a heartbeat. It's, I mean, it's, I have to do it someday. It's it's so good. So yeah. there you go. There's my free advertising for the Big Ten Conference. Not that we don't do that enough. Here, it's like but a bowl atmosphere, but it's absolutely. probably like a like a New Year's Six bowl atmosphere, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a New Year's Six bowl atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I have went to the Orange Bowl. I've gone to the Rose Bowl. I was a little too young. You know, I was, I was what, 10 years old when I was at the Rose Bowl. So it's, it's kind of hard for me to get, you know, a perspective of that. But... There you go, man. There's that's the best synapse. And then and then after the game was over, uh, it was bedtime for you guys, Jeff and, and Zed. So Yeah, I imagine. Um Were you I guys... would spend the extra money to just find a hotel room downtown. Right. Just in case you can't find transportation out to your hotel. Right. So probably took yeah. a while, I imagine. Uh worst decision we made all day was the gum bomb at the middle of the night that we both thought was a fantastic idea at one o'clock in the morning, but it wasn't at Seven o'clock in the morning when we woke up this morning. The, so. What did what was this? Gut bomb. We bought, we got Mickey D's at like gotcha. one o'clock in the okay, morning. Okay, McDonald's. Which is an absolute yeah, mistake. horrible, horrible. Um, yeah. I wolfed down every one of the French fries. I don't even eat French fries. I don't like French fries to be really not that I don't like them. I just the unhealthiness does not overweigh gotcha. the enjoyment I get. Yeah. Except at one o'clock in the morning when you've been at Absolutely. the Big Ten football conference all day long. So when I woke up this morning, like my tongue was welded to my mouth because it was so dry in there. So it's been a constant hydration process today. So did you keep rolling with the drinks in the game too? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, okay. I think late third quarter was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's right enough. So, yeah. and uh, I, I, I felt that I felt that Zed and I were, we, 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 
we adulted well yesterday. Okay. We had good times, but you know, yeah, uh, cut we, it off at some point. And, and we hydrated very well all day long. Nice. I mean, it was, it was copious amounts of water throughout the day. So cool. I, I, I didn't feel that bad. It was just more, you wake up in Indianapolis and you're like, I've got nine hours to go. Oh, to go home. It's a, it's a, it's a little, it's a little anxiety riddled situation when yeah. you wake up. Well, I considered going, but then I thought about all the effort it would take and I decided <laughs> against it. People were asking about you. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I saw him on Friday before I left, got to pick, needed to pick something up from you. And I'm like, um, I thought I could get like a twinge of regret that you weren't going at that eh, point. Just not really. Bit, just a little. I don't know. Okay. Maybe a tiny bit. Okay. Anyways, it if, was fun. If I could have transfer portaled directly to Lucas Soil, <laughs> different story. So is that a lead in? You want that to just is, go right? yeah, that's that pretty good. Nice man. little right. teaser yeah, right there. Yeah. So yeah, we've got some TP action, more TP action. This one's kind of a, this is kind of a, a, a a bomb. We you, got, you, we so got you do think this is a bomb? Okay. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Michael Penix, IU quarterback, has entered the transfer portal, and some guy beat me to it. I, I thought of it, but I, he was first. It's a Penix transplant, <laughs> right? <laughs> I knew there was one joke out yeah. there. Good job. That's good. It wasn't me. I got beat to it. I was about to type it, and it's, uh, it's sitting right there. It's a complicated transplant. Yeah, it is. So, but so, so you don't you think really a, find it because we've got two of. We've got two of these back to back, which you could almost have the same conversation. Let's go ahead and just throw them together. North uh, Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez. Right. A couple days. I mean, it was like pretty much right after we recorded the last podcast. He went to the transfer <sighs> yeah. portal. So we could talk about him separately, but kind of at the same time. I guess my thought process is I don't see either one of them has really, really surprised me all that much. Okay, so I it, the the. Martinez won. That just felt so, for some something about it felt so weird if he was going to come back for a fifth year. Okay, like, I, I don't, but I don't know why. But okay, because so, like I think the general thought process is, and I don't know. I hope this isn't uh, poorly worded, but the, the 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 kid has taken enough of a beating. Is that fair to say? And then you couple that in with what's going to be some sort of change in offensive philosophy. By the way, uh, Penix has taken a beating. And there's yeah. going to be somewhat of a change in philosophy. Correct. So like they really are in a very similar situation. So I wonder, like, did, was it something to do with the old coaching staff? Now that the staff is out, they had a connection with those those coaches, so now they want to move on. I mean, I assume that Nebraska wasn't saying, we're moving on from Adrian Martinez. I, sure. I don't think so. I mean, I thought the way I could tell was Scott Frost at some point had made it clear they would welcome – Martinez back. I thought he had said that actually. Yeah, like, yeah. but with Penix, <clears throat> wonder. I mean, you can't. You're not going to transfer up, right? You I mean, think... he 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 did some great things, but he's just too fragile. To, I understand. So he's not going to transfer up. But then Kalen DeBoer is now at Washington. Does he try to go to Washington? Is that what he's thinking? It's interesting. I don't know. Okay. Um, His old offensive coordinator, of course. Not that they don't play tackle football in group of five, but um, uh, which we'll get to find out even more so. Um, uh, but point I'm trying to make is maybe Penix going to more of a group of five team where the, the physicality is certainly not at Big Ten level. Maybe that's... And definitely uh, scout out that offensive line, I, Michael. I would do that. Um, and then as far as Adrian Martinez... You know, I don't like free agency season because there's no. going to be more. As soon as we record oh gosh, this, there's there's, be... in the next 24 hours, there's going to be more guys. We're, it's going to come in two forms. Uh, 
it's going to be players that are are going to be portaling out of their school. Um, then there's going to be players opting out of playing in bowl games. I would think. I'm actually surprised we haven't heard of more of that. Um, like one name that comes to mind for me is Jahan Dotson. I mean, I I know the dude. He is a yep. good dude. I don't know if you've ever heard him interviewed. He he's just a good dude. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think he loves Penn State. So if he plays, kudos to him. But it's a seven and five bowl team playing in the Outback Bowl. Um, what about David Bell, George Carlaftis? David Bell, George Carlaftis. And the, it was announced today that they are not coming back. They are, they are gone. They are going to the draft. Thank God all Big Ten fans, not Purdue fans, are happy about that one. I needed to pick me up today. And, and I think we pretty much assumed that was the case. <laughs> yeah. But to see it officially <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Purdue fans. I don't oh, mean to, to such a relief, but we're obviously complimenting those two players too because they were so exceptional and they made life miserable for a lot of fan bases, not just Iowa, but certainly Iowa. Um, uh, another one would be the Ohio State receivers. You know, I mean, a couple of you know, Chris Olave would be one that yeah. would jump. Uh, but it is the Rose Bowl, so is the Rose Bowl enough of a draw that right. they would? I mean, I hope that stuff rings true. Where I mean. I hope somebody gets to them like a 35-year-old ex-Ohio State receiver, you know, and says, listen, man, you're going to play a lot of football in your life, but you're never going to get the chance to play in a Rose Bowl ever again. Like, it's a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Like, I would hope you would stay. I think there's a little bit less of a situation to say that for Jahan Dotson for the Outback Bowl and stuff like that. Right, you of know? course. So I, I don't know if that's – we'll see more of that, I would think. Um, and then Adrian Martinez – um, I hear a lot of Kansas State. I believe his girlfriend goes to Kansas okay. State. So, you know, would he go back to the West Coast um, where he grew up? I mean, would it be crazy if Adrian Martinez is that quarterback that goes to USC uh, under um, uh, Lincoln Riley? And Lincoln Riley, you know, took some transfers. That would be interesting to see. Um, I don't know, a couple other places, that, you know, as far as where – and I think I was – Starting my point, then I, I I got off, but I don't like the free agency no. season. But yet, with certain players like with Adrian Martinez and Penix, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys land and play. Yeah, and then it's maybe more so for Indiana than Nebraska. But you're kind of starting over anyway, right? You 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 want to kind of reset things. They got Donovan McCulley, so this is our guy for the next few years. So maybe it's it's good for both sides. I wonder. It would be interesting to get the takes on a couple of Adrian Martinez teammates and some of the coaches that are, yeah. that are still there, like what they think. Now that one's different because Scott Frost going into fifth year. He's got a win next year. He would like to have. I, would, but I, I yeah. mean, I, I know it was only one game, but I thought some others looked good. I thought so, too. Know? There's a lot to work with there. And then speaking of, I mean, you can transfer portal quarterback in as well at yeah. both of these places. So it, it'll and, – and, Indiana's been busy with the portal going in and out lately. Yeah. Tommy Allen. So a lot of activity. Yeah. Fun fact. Adrian Martinez, Clovis West High School in California. Okay. My my best friend I grew up with was a coach there for a while. Really? Yeah. There you go. Fun fact to know and tell. I like it. Long before two AM was there. But, but okay. anyway. Gotcha. All right. Um any other portal stuff? But that's all we got for housekeeping. We'll, we'll do the game and then should we do the bulls? Just a quick bowl matchup. Later, after the since since we'll do it chronologically, we'll do the the Big Ten championship and then the Bulls. Yeah, after that's that. fine. Okay, I think start with them. start with the game. Sure. Yep. All right, here we go. This was the Big Ten game of the week, which was of course the Big Ten championship. <sighs> Michigan forty-two, 
Iowa, three. Total yards, 461 yards of total offense to the Hawkeyes, 279. Can we start talking about Michigan first? Yeah, let's start with Michigan. I mean, for Michigan, I think they established themselves as a dominant team. I mean, you know, not, it wasn't a fluke being Ohio State. They were the better team. Then they came into this game. I thought it was going to be closer than this, and it was a, a somewhat close game for the first half. But, I mean, by the end of this, you knew who the best team was. They were easily the best team. And what have I been saying forever, ever since we started this podcast? Where's the explosiveness with Michigan? They have explosiveness all over the place now. It's Offense, incredible. defense, they had great special teams. I mean, big plays. They have everything that I've always been asking for and was never getting from them. And I think those big plays and explosiveness, like they, they've come from improvements in scheme and overall philosophy. Let's be honest. Yeah. There's been playmakers on this roster every year for the past 80 years. Okay. So, but the change in philosophy, the coach, the new coaches, the new, you know, take on things. I mean, we've talked a lot about, Don Brown leaving the defensive side, but now the offensive coaches with Gaddis and everybody. I mean, they are a dynamic offense. Um, uh, and credit to Gaddis. Absolutely. My, my goodness. What a great year he's had. I mean, he is uh, apparently, I mean, has just gotten better and better at his J-O-B, man. I mean, it, he was he was not doing well initially. And there was a lot of, of Michigan fans that are saying that same stuff to us, some stuff we hear behind the scenes. And, I mean, it's apparently either – it's either been all been proven false, or if it was true, the the guy went to work and improved. Um, when you were talking about just Michigan as a team and everything, and I meant this, you know, I mean, when I was talking to Michigan fans, I'm like, listen, I want Iowa to win today, and I want Iowa to win a Big Ten championship. If it doesn't go our way, I promise you I'm going to turn around. Uh, uh, close your ears, Buckeye fans, but I will be cheering for Michigan in the college football oh, yeah. playoff, especially now with, when we know what the matchup is. So at, after the game, you know, when it was when the game was decided, and I'm getting up and walking out, and we're walking by Michigan fans, I just kept saying, "Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck in the playoffs." Yeah. And this one guy just was like, "Dude, you just caught us at the wrong time. We're just we're just devouring people. They're hot um, right and now." And I'm like, "That's exactly right." I mean, I thought it was a pretty nice thing to say because yeah. that's exactly. Um, yeah, like if an Iowa had caught them when Rutgers did. Something like that, you know, uh, when Iowa was a little bit hotter and they weren't quite yeah. as much. Um, uh, the one thing I'd like to point out is, so, you know, you kind of already alluded to it, you know, just like a mini game re- uh, uh, recap. The first possession of the game, Iowa's defense bowed up and had got Michigan off the field right away. I mean, Iowa's defense, I thought, played fantastic okay. pretty much the whole game. I mean... It wasn't until the game was virtually over when, you know, they gave up a couple late scores. But, I, th- yes, two big plays, and that's on the defense. you got to blame it. But other than that, lights out. Yeah. So, okay, I, I think we, I think me and you and 90% of the college football world that was watching that game probably has the same take with that stuff. I will, you know, after getting Michigan, uh, I was defense after getting Michigan off the field that first series, Iowa's offense came, got on the field, they had a scripted bunch of plays yes. that they ran almost to perfection. Yeah. Now, the option pass that was a wide open touchdown. <sighs> now, okay, I want to make sure I want to make sure I'm going to word this uh, very carefully. Michigan was go- if Michigan and Iowa play ten times, Michigan definitely wins nine. They might win ten. Yeah, <laughs> but probably nine. Now, I I would have liked to have seen how the tenor of that game would have felt differently 
if Iowa would have completed that pass. Is that fair to say? Yeah, could have okay. been could have been a different game. Because it was a double whammy. It was not only not completing that pass, and then uh, Caleb Shudak is – and the funny thing is, like, I sat I, – I said to my buddy, I'm like, this is the angle he missed at against uh, Illinois. And sure enough, Ooh. he missed it. So it's just a bad angle for him. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's that's just like a double uh, – uh. Um, but then kudos back to Michigan. Okay. I would love to know if their game plan was, we are going to try to hit them with some big plays and quickly get up and then just, and then just crock pot them yeah. after that. <laughs> crock pot them right? right. That's pretty much what they did. Blake Corum with that big 75 yard. I mean, dude, I don't know what it looked like on TV. I haven't rewatched the game yet, but if he ain't a hundred percent, I, you know, God fear anybody that, if he if that's not a hundred percent is what I'm trying to say, he was shot out of a cannon, man. And I, I thought the most amazing part of that play was the lead blocking by JJ McCarthy. That was Insane. unbelievable. I mean, it was a total team effort on on the whole day and, and stuff back like that. to Iowa though, like missing that pass and then missing the field goal. That was their only really good drives of the game were their first couple drives, their scripted first handful. Plays. Yeah, it was yep. scripted plays. So they they wasted those scripted plays essentially. They so did. that was that adds to the whamminess of it. So in in that situations, I mean, uh, and then by the way, uh, what a call on the option pass too. So it was beautiful like throw. A, it too. was like then a triple salt in the wound because it's like so not only did we miss our wide open option pass, they yeah. hit theirs to make it fourteen nothing. But I will drove back down. Got a field goal. I mean, any football contest that's 14 to three at halftime certainly leads the team that's up by 11 points. But Iowa was still very much it was in still a that game, game and their defense was still playing. And like Iowa fans at halftime, we are sitting there saying, we're down by two scores. Their entire offense came off of two plays. Other than that, yeah. is that sounding too no, much? No, not, like not at all. Okay. Like, we felt that it was a pretty good matchup. And we were thinking, like, man, if we could have either just prevented their trick play or hit ours, yeah. like, this is a... It's a big game. It's a good game. Okay. Because you always talk about on big games, they come down to one or two plays. Usually you think in the third and fourth quarter when those happens. But yeah. is it fair to you say don't it, know actually, it, it actually happened in the first quarter of yeah. this game? Okay. Yeah. That, that was... All right, that was the stuff I was interested to see what you would say. So I was so. watching with two Iowa fans, and they were they were both in the same camp. Uh, I just feel like we're going to get blown out today. I just feel like we're And I was like, no, 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 no. I was trying to talk them down from a ledge. Yeah. So they they didn't feel the way that I did, and they didn't feel the way that you did. Like They felt 14-3 to three was cruising towards a blowout. I did not feel that way. Yeah. I, I, I was like... At the very least, it should be fourteen to six. By the way, do you, do you remember what I predicted for a halftime score? No, I don't. Fourteen to six. Did you? So, like to me, it was like it's fine. We 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 kind of weathered the storm. And I've talked to a couple Michigan fans that if they follow Big Ten football enough, they know that this is what Iowa does. And then, and then Tory Taylor was doing some work in like the second and third quarter, pinning them back. Like yep. it started to kind of feel like. This could be the time where AJ Iowa... Henning caught a couple questionable ones. For sure. Like, I don't know. Like the, one was inside the five. The one was at the three, I think. Right. And the other one I want to say was at the five. Right. Like worst case scenario, it's going to be at like the, the two. So just let yeah. those go. Um, and then Iowa did force a turnover, but just could never capitalize. And again, I want to give Michigan credit all across the board. Like I just kept telling people like 
this is a really good football team. Like they're they're the number two team in the college football playoff. We'll obviously get into that. I'm just saying, like, let's say Michigan kind of beats Georgia somewhat soundly, mm-hmm. and maybe is it's a classic game, you know, that they don't pull out, or maybe they win the college football playoff. Am I really going to sit there and feel that bad that Iowa got blown out by a and and it was a good game into the third quarter yeah. against this Michigan team? No, I mean it's what 23, 21 to three at the end of the third, third quarter, quarter, I believe. Like in that game, it was but pretty much it was, over at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was. But like a, a touchdown by Iowa, like if it wound up twenty four to ten or right. something like that, you're like so. I'm so now we got to talk about. The second half with Iowa, so yep. we, we gave them praise for their their scripted plays coming out of the uh, the kickoff. That I don't know what the what was the philosophy in the second half from the the Iowa offensive coaching staff. I have no idea. They Brother, played, if you're asking me, they, I don't have a clue. They played so freaking conservative, and I yep. I actually went back and I looked through the plays again. It wasn't as bad as I remember, but my goodness, when you were down twenty one to three and you're just plowing. You, you you haven't established a run all game, and you're just plowing into the back of your offensive line over and over and over, running to the short side of the field continually, that, that stupid drawn-out outside zone to the short side of the field, it, 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 and just running repeatedly on first down to begin with. And so then it's not, it's not second and six or second and five. It's second and ten or second and nine, and now you're really up against it. Instead of just, you're down, come out throwing the ball. What are you doing? And if you and if you say, well, but this is our this is what we do. This is our game. Well, then maybe you need maybe you're not practicing enough other things. If you have no ability to come from behind and play more dynamic and explosive, then that's on you. Yes, that's your scheme. So, I mean, dude, that was a that was a fantastic soliloquy you just did right there and you're not even an Iowa fan and like I can kind of hear you getting animated I was angry watching the game and uh, you know I don't have obviously a dog in the fight I didn't know who I was going to be cheering for going into it and you actually asked me and I said well I think I'll be cheering for Michigan because you know they'll represent the college football playoff blah 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 but I ended up because I was a two Iowa fans I was cheering for Iowa and I was just getting annoyed and then frustrated and then angry by the end of the, like by the fourth quarter when they were still, when they had just resigned themselves to the fact they were going to lose the game. So I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't accept that the Iowa coaches were like, we're okay losing this game. That, that but okay. That, but here's what I kept well, hold saying. On, hold on. I, I, it's not that they just are like, it's fine. We're, 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 let's just get, let's only get beat 21 to three or 24 to three. I, my take is they just don't have answers on offense. That's and, and that's. But I'd rather go down swinging. I'd rather on first and ten throw an interception and have him run it back for a touchdown as opposed to just Tyler Goodson gets tackled for a one yard loss. I mean, I I think what they think is all you have to do if you if you want to have proof on what it one on how Iowa coaches with coach Ferentz on what he thinks that they can stay stick with the game plan and win just happened the last time they were on the football field versus Nebraska they just kept chipping away kicking field goals okay. and they finally got to the point where where you know they got the big turnover they got the momentum and then they like my philosophy is on my philosophy on what coach Ferentz's philosophy was was that we're still going to keep going until we get that play but once it gets to be in the fourth quarter versus a team like that 
who is so well coached, right. you have no choice at that point. You got to just give. Yes. So, so that lack of ability to be able to have play sets out of empty or one back right. sets where you can have something like there was a couple times I'm like, you know, it's, I called three or four plays in this game, right. you know, and a couple of them worked. Um, but that, that's where it gets to where you're just like, Iowa fans are, they're extremely frustrated with the offense. Um, I, I hate that expression. Like Iowa fans deserve better. I don't know. I don't know what fan base deserves more than any other, you know, I don't exactly know how that gets worded, but I will say this much like Iowa fans, um, as far as watching being loyal fans to this program and the offenses that we've been subjected to, like we're due for a better looking offense. Yes. I'll say that. Now the tricky thing with this is, and here we are talking about the losing team more than the winning team. We do it. You know, everybody does it all the time. Um, but you know, obviously we know that Brian Ferentz is Kirk Ferentz's son. So the nepotism stuff is ringing through, uh, I, I Hawkeye Twitter on Saturday night was just melting down. You would think that we had just gone over 12 in that game or whatever. Um, there was even some melting down that was still happening today. Um, so the nepotism stuff is getting screened, screamed Gary Barda. Iowa's athletic director actually controls uh, the the contract he has the ability to say we're we're moving on from Brian Ferentz himself. But as we were talking about, you know, Saturday and Sunday, um, does Gary Barda feel like if he makes the decision to fire Brian Ferentz, is he effectively firing Kirk Ferentz? Because yeah. Kirk's like, if you're gonna fire my son, I'm out of here. We don't know. Interesting. Well, yeah. I think they need to move on from Brian Ferentz for sure. I kept making the joke or making. A, alluding to well you know we're just gonna we're gonna play our game doesn't matter if we don't score we're just waiting for that 28 point uh, defensive play like th- that seemed like what they were doing it seemed like that that's and it has worked i mean it's worked a lot it worked for 10 yeah but like you said year. it's not going to work against a team Michigan. this good thank you it's yes. just not you got to change your Here, game plan another thing too is you know this was another debate but you know spencer preaches numbers nine of 22 for 137 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. The, again, sitting from the OC seats like us, I know it's easy, but brother, there were open receivers, and there were times where there were open receivers, you know, that that he just didn't see. Then there was open receivers that he saw, oh. and he threw to them, and he just missed them. And you know, it's weird that what, every time a new quarterback comes in for Iowa, anytime you know they switch, they seem to get a little bit of a spark, right? I agree. Maybe just rotate every every know. possession. Maybe, maybe it'd be the one time in Division One history right. where rotating quarterbacks actually work. So here's here's a couple that I wrote down. A third and twenty, they ran the ball, got a few yards. Another third and twenty ran the ball, got a few yards. And this is deep into the game, by the right. way. And then there was a third and five from the Michigan twelve. Remember that one yep. where they ran the ball? I mean, you've got a tight end that that he catches was doing, and he was, everything. And, and that is such a weapon in that situation on third and five near the goal line. I know. What what are you doing? You're not even know. trying. I don't know. It's been a bad offensive philosophy. And there I mean, was but, a fullback in the game with five minutes left, and they're down 25 points. I know. There's a fullback in the game. It's ridiculous. It, it's we need a we need a change in philosophy. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And Brian Ferentz is definitely part of the issue, but the overall philosophy starts at the top. Everybody, almost every Iowa fan loves Kirk Ferentz. Like, I hope Kirk Ferentz stays for several more years. 
he has shown the ability to surprise people and actually change things up a little bit. Yeah. But you have to beat him over the head with a pretty heavy stick multiple times right. before he gets the lesson. <laughs> Iowa fans, um, I, I like to consider myself a, a glass half full Iowa fan. So I am hoping that we are to the point now where there's some change in philosophy that things would look different. I just don't have a lot of confidence that Brian Ferentz is the one to do it when most of his his, you know, tutelage has happened under the guy that, I mean, that's just not the offenses that Kirk Ferentz knows. So I don't want, I don't want a, a wide open, you know, run and shoot, you know, type of thing, but something a little bit more dynamic needs to happen. Well, there was also a fourth and goal from the four, (laughs) I believe. We got to move on from just ratting on, on Iowa's offense. We can talk a little bit more about Michigan. Where they kicked a field goal and they could, again, you're playing against a better team. You, You have to be more aggressive. I did just one more instance where I think, Maybe not a horrible decision, but where they could have been more aggressive. Um, I thought Cade McNamara, 16 to 24, 169 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He was pretty good, but I felt like there was some available plays that he had to make on like big downs. I felt like he made more of the good plays than than bad plays. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like at this point, I know they've got some idea of bringing in JJ McCarthy, and it's going to mix it up, and they have different you know, play calls that they, they use with him versus Cade, but I don't see that working out right now. I, I want that I want to see him just sticking with Cade McNamara every snap in I the agree. playoff. I agree. Um I mean JJ McCarthy was one of three and had a pick. I'll be honest with you, watching the game live, I was hoping they kept bringing McCarthy in. Yeah. I felt like he wasn't hundred percent ready for that situation. Sure. Um how about Donovan Edwards? I mean we talked about him on the podcast, he comes in, so his passing stats, one for 175 yards and a touchdown um, with that 75-yard touchdown going to um, uh, uh, Roman Wilson. I mean, and boy, that guy shows speed uh, in person, man. He was he was flying. Blake Corum, five carries, 74 yards, and a 67-yard touchdown. Uh, Hassan Haskins, 17 carries, 56 yards. I mean, the Iowa defense did – by and large, pretty damn good. I thought um, so. And the other thing that Iowa did really well that I didn't expect is they they kept those two pass rushers off their quarterback. They did. They they were getting the ball out quick. They had a good game plan for that, and that's what kind of gets me back to, you know, it's the it's the offensive coordinator. Is it the quarterback? Is it the offensive coordinator? Probably the answer is all of them. And I still yeah. think the offensive line, you know, it's just injured and young and developing. But like, if you know, whether you're a, it's the OC's fault or the quarterback's fault, okay, I think it still comes back to the OC because he's a part of the recruiting process and development of the quarterbacks. Yep. You know, like he oversees all of it. Um, but, you know, again, in the end, like I think Michigan's staff was smart enough to see pretty quickly in the game, and maybe they already kind of had an inkling of it, that they weren't going to have success running the ball. And I mean, obviously Blake Corum deserves all the credit in the world for the long, but if if we've done this before, so I hope I don't get, you know, poo-pooed on this, but if we could for a second take the Blake Corum run out of the equation, the Iowa defense did a very good job versus the Michigan rushing. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's see, what did they give up rushing? They gave up 211, but you take away 75 of that, right? So that's not go. a bad day. That's, that's that's about as good as you can do versus the Michigan rushing attack. And one more thing that they keep doing is using their tight ends well. Schoonmaker and Eric All both had a yeah. couple big catches, the 49 yards and 43 yards respectively. So I like seeing that. Just adds another dimension to the offense. There just is not – this is the most complete team 
in the Big Ten, yeah. and it's not even close. No, they, it's not really debatable. Do they have the best defense? I don't think so. Do they have the best offense? No, that's no. Ohio State. Yep. Do they have the best special teams? There's a couple teams. but They're in the conversation. They're in, they're in the top two or three in For every single yeah. one of those things. And they're coaching well. Correct. And having fun, and they just – and obviously – Well, that's the other thing is there seems to be a chemistry, and just like watching khaki pants – He's got a different attitude he this does. year. He is having a lot of fun right now. And there's some Iowa fans, and I saw Ohio State fans that thought it was tacky that he uh, uh, threw the, or was still kind of putting the pedal to the metal at the end of the game. Nah. No. it's You, you want to stop him? Stop him. Right. And I'm going to say that whether it's my team or not my team. The other thing, too – Dude, they want the one or two seed. Correct. In the they want the playoffs. one seed. And if it takes a little bit of blowing out to do it. By do the it. way, they he was caught on camera. I saw kinda, it. Yeah. yeah. We, hey, we're we going for number one. one we seed. want number one. Killer mentality. Yeah. Go for it. I'm not I'm not going to take any. No. I take more offense if they took, so, if they, you know, wanted to go sorry for us. So yeah. uh, with the win, obviously Michigan moves to 12 and one. They're going to the college football playoff. With the loss, Iowa moves to 10 and three. Um, I sent out a tweet that basically said, you know, like Iowa fans are melting down and I'm like, you know, we're not the Sith. You know, I don't know. You're, I know you're not a big Star Wars fan, but well, I'm not I'm not a I'm a Star Wars fan. Okay. But I, I don't know. I never got the whole Sith thing. Yeah, yeah they're, I don't even know they're, what the bad, they're the bad guys, you know, right? but where does that pop up? Like there was there was like an emperor and there's Darth and all of a sudden there's the Sith. Thing. They're Sith. They're both Sith. Yeah. But what so, does that mean? Yeah, we, Is it like now's not the time to go. No, 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 hold on. Okay. Is it like an anti Jedi? Pretty much. OK. Yeah. It's the, right. it's the antithesis to the Jedi. You just throw that in there in the yeah. Middle of the series, they never, they never, no backstory there. Now there was always a backstory, okay. but, um, but anyways, the 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 saying in the the pre, the prequel movies was the Sith's only deal in absolutes. You know, like you're okay. either good or yep. you're bad. It's this or, um, no, you don't have to do that as a college football fan. Like, um, I really do believe if you went to a lot of Iowa fans and say, would you take a ten and three season where you got to take a trip to Indy? So, you know, like it's okay to be proud of what the team accomplished, but sure. disappointed that they got beat yeah. on the big stage and that the offense is frustrating. All those things can be true at the same time. And here's my question for you. Um, w- w- maybe there's a chance that pretty quickly in in camp or at some point, the coaches were like, oh, we're in trouble offensively. Like our offensive line is really young. Mm-hmm. So, you can either sit there and harp, which you've kind of done, harp on the Iowa coaches for how bad the offense is. Can I say this, though? I'm just throwing it out there. Can't you also give them credit for the fact that their offense was that bad and they still figured out a way yeah. to get to Indianapolis? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a really glass half full thing, but I don't think I'm crazy when I say it either. Any college football fan who's only in this for national champions, like national championship, is you are you are sentencing yourself to a lifetime of misery. Thank you. I mean, it's just like 10 and three is a lot of fun. You probably had a, a a buddy of yours. You know, this is back in the single day, right? Maybe I've even already used this analogy on the podcast. I apologize if I have, but like, you know, pretty good looking guy. He makes okay money, but like he really thought he was taking a model home every night he went out Yeah, and it was like, Brad, you're not getting a model, man. <laughs> At some point, you're just going to have Reach, to. Reach some of those lower branches. There's some lower now, branches. That doesn't nice. mean you don't st- stop striving for the model. That's right. But sometimes taking that nice seven and a half home is just perfectly fine. Absolutely. Um, so anyways. Um, all right. So can we get, did you got the bowl yep. list? Start, can you start at the top sure. and work your way down? Yeah. So I got. It. we'll go chronologically here. This is off of the ESPN.coms. Starting with West Virginia versus Minnesota. 
That's at, uh, hmm, oh, we don't have the name. Oh, yeah, we do have that. Okay, sorry. Small print here. Guaranteed rate bowl. Yeah, so... Used to be the Cheez-It Bowl. No, the Cheez-It Bowl is still a Cheez-It Bowl. No, the Cheez-It Bowl is sponsoring a different bowl now. Okay, this was so this the Cheez-It was the Cheez-It Bowl. Cheez-It. So um, there could be some Gopher fans that are upset about this because technically the next bowl and team usurp them, but... Wouldn't you rather go to Arizona than New York City? Yeah, if the so, next bowl up is is New York, it, I mean, you, you just won the lottery here. 100%. And I would even say that, I, I don't know if there was some horse trading that happened there. Um, you know, like, I, I would I would think the Minnesota Athletic Department would have greased the wheels as much as they possibly could to send their team to a warm situation instead of a cold one. Yeah, and maybe the Maryland fans or the Mar- Maryland Athletic Department's like, well, okay, well, New York's bad, not bad because it's, you know, close trip, easy right. trip. So maybe so go ahead and more do the fans. Next so the next one, Wednesday, December 29th, is Maryland Virginia Tech. That's the new era pinstripe bowl in New York at at Yankee Stadium. So on this Friday, um, I'm having the wife, Mrs. Greek and I are hosting our annual Christmas party okay. with some of her high school friends. Um, uh, six couples, twelve people. Kurt, is it possible that there will be more people in my living room for this party than Maryland fans travel to this bowl game? Yeah, Maryland. Maryland football, Maryland football outdoors in December. You got to go to New York City. I mean, what a pain in the ass that is. This the pinstripe bowl is a disaster, and we need to it, cut ties. It's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I know they want to do the New York ties, and it's it's a disaster. I'm sorry, stupid. Like yeah. I said to you, the only chance that there's more is if the Terps happen to be playing at Madison Square Garden that weekend too. Good luck to that. Yeah. Or that week, that's a yeah. Wednesday game. Okay, so moving on to Thursday. By the way, the Gopher game, Tuesday, December 28th. Moving on to Thursday, December 30th, we got Tennessee versus Purdue yeah. in the Music City Bowl So in Nash Vegas. So quick drive for Purdue fans to, to make it to Nashville. I think there's some Purdue fans are a little bit upset over Tennessee basically playing a, a, a you know pretty much a home game for them. So. Yeah, and let's see, wasn't Purdue, weren't they just in the Music City Bowl a few years ago against Auburn, right? Yeah, I mean, when you're always going, I mean, they, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, like you said, easy drive, nice city, fun town. I hope Carlaftis and Bell play, but I would also understand if they do. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. So also on Thursday, December 30th, we got number 12 Pittsburgh versus number 10 Michigan State. There you go. Wow. If you like offensive football, that's the game for you right there. This is one of those things where I feel like since the committee, the best thing that the committee has done is these matchups. Once you get past, like they make, I believe, a concerted effort to match these things up. That is going to be a blast. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. That's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, by the way. Moving on, same day, Wisconsin-Arizona State. I like that matchup in the Las Vegas Bowl. So, I mean, Wisconsinites going to Vegas. (laughs) Get ready. And ASU fans for that, man. I mean, that's going to be. Tell you what. I mean, it's, you know, obviously as a Big Ten fan, you know, I mean, the dream is college football playoff. If you can't do that, the next dream is the Rose Bowl. With Iowa having gone to a lot of these second tier bowls after that, I'll be ready for a Vegas Bowl when we get one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, man, that'd be a nice one for Illinois fans, too. Dude. Okay, moving on. Friday, December 31, New Year's Eve. You got number three Georgia versus number two Michigan. All right, so you go jump right into the college football that, playoff. So that I'm doing it chronologically. Okay. So that's the Orange Bowl. That's yeah, considered that's the considered. Orange Bowl. Um, Michigan, the number two seed. Georgia, the number three Correct. seed. Michigan catching somewhere around a seven seven and a half points right. as the number two seed. Let's just say I'm excited for this game. Now we can't break it all down now, but 
uh, freaking Georgia loses to Saban again. Ugh. I mean, dude, it wasn't even like We're, everybody's in the bar watching it. And by the way, everybody in that bar, everybody, this is another funny scene is cheering for Georgia to, to sure. curb stop Alabama. There was one Florida fan that was there okay. that was cheering for Bama the whole time. Okay. And I'm like, for real, dude, aren't you even sick of Alabama? I talked to him, you know, and he goes, who's your biggest rival? You know? <laughs> and I go, Iowa State he goes, you ever cheer for Iowa State? And I go, no. He goes, that's how I feel about Georgia. <laughs> okay. Well, good for him. I was like, I get it now. Good um, for him. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. Okay. So yeah. Well, hold on. Georgia. Yeah. Oh, is it possible? Maybe they just didn't play many good teams this year. Dude, I, they got torched. It was embarrassing. <laughs> good Lord. Against a supposedly not even a very good Bama team by their standards. That has a really bad offensive line. The whole thought process was, that, you know, the, the uh, Georgia front seven is just going to live in the backfield. No. Dude. And, yeah. and of course, it's all set up because now Alabama's quarterback is going to win the Heisman. And, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so Okay, moving on to Saturday, January 1. We got Penn State versus number 21, Arkansas. That's in the Outback Bowl. I think that's a good matchup. Some people upset that Penn State at seven and five is in the Outback Bowl, but let's be honest, it's it's you know they're they're picking name brands at this point. Yeah, and we're talking about picking a seven and five team over an eight and four team. I don't know. I don't think it's that anything to get your panties in a in a bundle over. Sure. Then number fifteen Iowa versus number twenty two Kentucky. That'll be a good matchup in the Citrus Bowl. Um, but, uh, Mark Stoops is the head coach at Kentucky, former Hawkeye. That's right. Yeah. Bob Stoops. So there's going to be some fun stuff there. I think you got a little bit. Of of I mean there'll be a this might be a thirty nine and a half point over under right, in exactly. this game it'll probably be the lowest one of the Bulls so yeah it'll be so fun. it's it's the yin to the yang of the Pittsburgh Michigan State game okay and then finally we got the Sith to the Jedi of that game. there you go the Sith to the Jedi I, I would what, assume Kentucky and I was the Sith in this yes <laughs> yes I think so at least if you. Like, aesthetically pleasing football game. Okay, so then, of course, the Rose Bowl, number 11, Utah versus number 6, Ohio State. I think that's a fantastic Freaking matchup, Freaking incredible too. matchup. I mean, Utah has got – they're kind of Michigan light a little bit. You know, not quite as good, but they like to play defense and run the ball. I mean, they torched Oregon. Um, I bet the under in the Oregon-Utah um, uh, uh, sure, the championship. championship. And right from the start, you're like, Oregon's dead. They're they're getting yeah. destroyed. I mean, that was right from the get-go. And my thought process was, I'm like, we basically need Utah to win this like 42 to 10 to stay under. And that's basically exactly what happened. So yeah. that'll and be a good game, too. Be Utah's first Rose Bowl, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Utah, I think Utes will, will flock to Pasadena. Uh, we'll see what the uh, Ohio State matchup is. I saw, I think it was an actual, actual an Ohio State beat writer that tweeted out, um, one of the most struggling defenses in the past 20 years at Ohio State, freshman running back, freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. and they still wind up going to the Rose Bowl. I think it's still pretty good to be a Buckeye fan. Yeah, like I said, if your only goal every year is to win the national championship, or that's all you care about, now, you're not going to be a very happy fan. Now, Ohio State is the closest one that can plausibly make Sure, but that. E- as good as Ohio State is, you can't ever expect to win a national championship even like once every five years, maybe, right. like at the most. right. Yeah. yeah, you're. I mean, Alabama's an exception, but they are an exception. But no, I hear you. I, anyways, uh, I'm more of a bull person than most people, probably you as well. But this is a good matchup. There's a couple other good matchups that are out there too. I will be intrigued to see Alabama Cincinnati. It's like a two touchdown spread right now. Who do yeah. I, it, it's cool to see a group of five team get in. I mean, and, it's cool to see it. Um, and and you know that the committee's just 
gritting their teeth as they had to announce them as the number four. But they're there. But it always somehow works out. Like if if the scores were reversed, meaning Georgia boat raced Alabama, um, Georgia, Michigan and Cincinnati would have been in for sure. Who was going to be that fourth team? Would would Alabama still have gotten in? I know. <clears throat> was it going to be <clears throat> Notre Dame? Right. Ohio or, State. Or did you put Oklahoma State in? Who I don't. Did you watch that no, game? You couldn't. You can't. Yeah, it was amazing. That last play was amazing. Incredible. And we were so, talking about that like during the Iowa game as we're watching <laughs> that. That three seconds of football was so freaking. With you're talking with the uh, Oklahoma State running back. Yeah. Sneaking out and and like. You know, you could see him. Ma- I thought making he was that- in as soon as he cut outside. I'm I like, did too. Score. I did too. And like we were analyzing that play, we we're breaking it down. Did so, he do the right thing? Did he do the wrong thing? I, but then he committed, and then right. he had to go. Yeah, that was an amazing. Like, three like my guess is, if at any point he would have stopped and cut and just pulled yeah, ahead, then he probably would have got in. But right? he just thought. But then you're, and, and but anybody that like is like, why didn't he just cut up? My guess is you've never played running back at the Division One level sure. with a game-winning touchdown on the line. Like it's all instincts you're trying to do. What you can. And he thinks he's gonna get distance on the guy, but then the, the guy was probably faster than he expected him to be. So he thought he's gonna, but then he's it's too late. You can't. That was just an incredible play. And then when the play happened, I mean, again, like dude, I get goosebumps. Like everybody in that bar is a college football fan. Sure. And the place oh, just it must have exploded. And like you know, I'm sitting with uh, my buddy's head, and I'm just like, it has been a long time since I've watched college football in a bar pack like this. Like, it, it, you know, again, it was it was crowded, but moments like that, oh yeah, absolute blast. Um, um, anyway, yeah, but what I was gonna say is, uh, uh, like, uh, Cincinnati played Georgia last year in a bowl game, but the general thought process is Georgia didn't give a, a, a rat's ass about that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get a dialed in Alabama team. Oh yeah, so. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep it yeah. close, but stuff, but lots of other good bowls out there. All right, man, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. We made it. We did it. You did it. Hey, uh, I mean, you're the you're the one that that was struggling. I've, I feel pretty high. I I feel pretty good about my effort. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I, a lot of people were doubting me that I was gonna make it back today, but you know, you just get on the road. You just start driving northwest, picking up, picking up the hour on the way back. Huge is is, is borderline erotic. Well, you were uh, definitely sharper this week than last. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the Lord works in mysterious ways because I swear he, he, he gifted me that hangover to be like, now don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Down in Take Indy. it easy. Because if yeah. you're that hungover coming back on Sunday, oh. it, it, I couldn't have done it. So right. it was it was good. All right. I am Jeff of the Greek. I'm Big Kirk. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.